What's up, drama listeners? It is officially February, and we are into the second month of the year already, which is wild. Connor and I are back from London, but we do have this special episode we recorded a couple of weeks ago with our new friend, Zachary Noah Pizer. He was in Dear Evan Hansen. He was the star of K-pop. There's so much good that he's already done, and there's so much good ahead. Felt like we were old friends, honestly, and you are going to love him and this episode. Please feel free to leave a nice review if you're feeling generous, as well as you know a five-star rating. And feel free to subscribe to our Patreon where we have bonus content, new episodes that are just for you all. And that's where things are especially juicy, as well as you get to be on our close friends on Instagram. So what's what's not to love about that? All right, let's get on with the show and Zachary Noah Pizer. Press play, curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got none? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, but we are currently in the middle. Well, I guess not in the middle, but we've kicked off the 15th season of Drag Race. Yes. And, you know, we've already had three episodes, technically. Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, even more queens will have been eliminated. I mean, times have changed. It's on MTV now. The episodes are an hour long and there's more queens than ever. And I feel like I, for the first year in years, although it is appointment viewing... I'm still watching. I don't know them yet. Is that weird? It's kind of like I'm getting like first episode of The Bachelor, Bachelorette Vibes, which I famously left Bachelor Nation two years ago. But right. I don't know the queens yet. And I feel disconnected from the season for that reason. It's hard. You know, with there being 16 queens and 40 minutes to get you to meet them all, it's very difficult. I will say they did a good job of introducing us to the first queen who went home. I feel like she was featured a lot in her episode where she was eliminated, Irene Dubois. Yeah, you're right. She was. She was. But, and then other than like the twins and Sasha Colby, I don't think a lot of the other queens have gotten a lot of screen time. Or Anitra, who who won, won nailed it won? the first challenge. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I know. Who are you loving now? I mean, I feel like it's a lot of really talented queens, though. To that Definitely. point, like, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, the runways seem really polished. And yeah. they all seem like they have good personalities. Like, no one is standing out to me as like, oh, they're definitely going home this week, you know? I completely agree. I must say I love Aura Mayori, who was kind of featured in the first episode. And I and think is, is, hot. The tra- is the trade of the season is what I was going to say. Uh-huh. I'm always uh-huh. drawn, I must say, at the, at, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a man. And <laughs> I will not be disrespected. Morgan McMichael's quote, for those of you who know. I didn't know, so I'm glad you threw that out there. I knew you were quoting something because you kind of dropped in. Yeah. For a second. I... I Really like the big girls. I think Malaysia Baby Doll Fox and Mistress Isabel Brooks are doing very, very well this wow. season so far. Yeah, they are great. I love them. Mm-hmm. And that emotional moment they had in the workroom last week, which was powerful. Heard, you know, we've heard similar conversations before, and me and the gays that I was watching with were like, this is moving. And it, it certainly was more moving the first couple of years we saw it on Drag Race. But it's not to say that they shouldn't keep showing those moments because that was someone's first episode of Drag Race who needed to hear that relatable story about coming out. So I'll never be like jaded about showing like queer positivity on TV. But and on that note, one of my favorite types of stories is a coming out story. Like I will always listen. It's something I'm so fascinated by because everyone's is so different, you know, whether it's positive, negative or indifferent to some. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving... Marsha, 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 the queens you mentioned. I think Sasha Colby's great. Yes. Um, and the big girls. Those are, those are my faves, for sure. Yeah. Um, I also must say, Luxmore in London is very fun. Very fun and young. Super young. I think that Sasha Colby is going to get like the Chad Michaels edit. Okay. So might not win this season, but will win the next All-Stars? Perhaps, perhaps. God, I love Drag Race. To me, it is just something so fun. Always a great reference point. And, you know... If you don't know what to talk about with someone, chances are they either watch Drag Race or Housewives. So you right. can always just bring that up. Yeah. Um, okay. We could keep going on and on about it forever, but I'm stoked to bring in our guest because the vibes are already great. We're having so much fun already. It's one of those chats where I wish we had been recording from the start. I know. I love him. He's family immediately. We hey. met his family, aka his dog. Yep. 
And I'm going to read this intro and bring him in because I think our listeners are going to love, love, love him. Totally. All right. So our guest today is known for making history. He was the first Asian American actor to play the titular role in Dear Evan Hansen, both on Broadway and the international companies of the Tony winning best musical. In 2017, he made his Broadway debut as the lovable Bach in Wicked. His most recent outing on The Great Bright Way was the much loved K-pop musical, which is part of the current theatrical season. You also might've seen this star in the Barrow Street production of Sweeney's Hot Off Broadway as Tobias, as well as an Adventure File and Mad Libs Live in NYC. He also appeared on stage in The Heart of Rock and Roll, as well as Talk To Me off Broadway. To the lucky ones in the loop, he is known as Mr. January on the Broadway Asian men calendar available now for purchase. And I still need to get my copy, by the way. So anyway, we are thrilled to have this leading Broadway man on our podcast. Please welcome to drama, Zachary, Zachary Noah Pizer. Oh my God. Okay. What? That was the best introduction ever. I'm obsessed and I uh, am going to take you both with me forever. All right. It's a deal. Mr. January. <laughs> as long as I can be Scout's caretaker. Yes, um, she actually is looking currently for a new walker, so, you know, and always a friend. And she needs, like, eight walks a day because she's needy, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> Should we call you Mr. January, Zach? Oh, my God, please don't puke. Um, the funniest story <laughs> about that is that my, I sent my parents uh, a calendar, obviously, because, like, you know, because they made me. Yeah. And my dad sent, but I didn't, like, tell them what the, the photo was going to be or, like, what the vibe was. Like, it, they just got a calendar that said, like, sexy Asian men. And my dad was like, what the is this like what is going on and i'm gonna show you guys the photo and of course no one can see this but i think it's important for you to see it so that people can gauge the response Please. you're safe this with is us what here my dad sent me <laughs> <laughs> oh He's a proud my papa. god my dad was like he was like what's happening is that your nipple but it's not like they're, it's not like it's a chippendales calendar you know what i mean they're just like they're like more GQ yeah. vibes, you know? Yeah, mine is like so much more tame than some of the other guys. So I don't know what he was freaking out about, okay? Yeah, Nico, is it to Jesus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, his is a little bit more sexy. Yeah, there are some, I mean, look, newsflash, except for not at all, but like Asian men are incredibly fucking sexy. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it just took a lot of people a long time to come to that realization, but now we're really kind of hammering it home. And I have my, obviously, calendar here, and I am drooling over most of the guys. So, you know, <clears throat> get yours. Yeah, I, mine is on its way. I did order it literally before we started recording today because I was like looking at it and I was like, I want one. I need a little yes. card right here beside my podcasting studio. Yes. I famously walked out of K-pop last month and texted my brother. And also I tweeted that I now have like 20 new boyfriends because yeah. I was obsessed with every single person in that show, really. So that was quite a night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I second that. I mean, doing the show every single night, I was, I was like, yeah, will you are you my daddy and also will you marry me like uh, pretty much to everyone but then I'll, I, you know especially the idols like I was like they all are so beautiful and amazing and then also at the end of the day they're just like human people they're just like normal people because from, from afar they look like these like like alien gorgeous superstars thank you Beyonce for that um but they are like yeah, and yeah. then you get to know them and they you know have just the, they're just they're just like us wow mm, alien superstars they're just like us now wow. we'll, we'll get all into K-pop, but you know, we usually like to check in with our guests from the start. We like to see how they are, meet them where they are even. Zach, are mm. you well today? That's a great question. And I also already prefaced this to both of you like right before I was like, I might cry all over this podcast. I don't know about you, but I, especially this year for some reason, like post-holiday blues, probably also, you know, can't deny the fact that K-pop's closing affects this so completely. But I'm feeling mentally and emotionally like low. So I guess it's not really, I don't feel like crazy. I don't feel unwell per se. I feel very healthy, like physically. Good. Um, besides the like pounds and pounds of pasta and red sauce that I ate during the holidays. Right. Um, Adam's family, Adam's my partner. His family's in Syracuse. Like his mom is like a classic Italian mother and like greeted us at the door with eggplant parm. And essentially for seven days, I just like ate pasta and the most delicious red sauce. But now it's like, if I see red sauce, I like want to jump out the window. Right. <laughs> it's in your bloodstream, but you know. It really is. It's extra red. Um, so physically I'm feeling like good, but I think something about the top of this year and I mean, we'll get, we can get as like, existential as you would like to, but especially with like the current status of like 
theater and our industry, like I'm just feeling a little disillusioned and just like a little low. Well, thank you for sharing, Zach. I completely understand. I think that, you know, we were talking to friends yesterday too, that this time of the year is gloomy in general, especially Mm. in New York and the Midwest. It doesn't help, you know, when it's like very glum outside and, and then, you know, it's hard to not compare, especially at the end of the year, everyone's posting like Mm. their recaps, their highlight reels and their things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, oh, I guess, you know, I, you know, look much heavier at the end of the year than I did at the beginning of the year. Oh, I didn't accomplish all these things. And I think it's also a good time to like sort of reset and look forward, but I'm a big proponent of allowing yourself to feel all of the emotions that your body is experiencing in your mind. So I, I think that's, that's kind of what I've come to by myself and with my therapist that it's like, you gotta like, let the feelings come. Cause if you like, if you push them down, then they're going to resurface in some way and manifest in maybe a, um, maybe in an even worse way that could, you know, further yeah. exacerbate the, the the problem and the issue that you're feeling. Um, so instead just kind of letting myself be in this current, you know, feeling whatever vibe aura for as long as I have to be, but at the same time, like doing things that I know bring me joy, like, spending time with my partner and spending time with friends that I like really was terrible. I was a terrible friend. I'm saying it out loud. I was a terrible friend in 2022 for any of my friends who are listening. I was a terrible friend. I'm so sorry, but seeing people being social and like cooking brings me a lot of joy. So like simple things that specifically don't have to do with our industry and our art um, have really been kind of like things that have been booing me, a buoy buoying buoying like <laughs> up above what that was such a weird word to say like hello where did you just pull pulled? that from i love i don't it. know i i just thought of like a buoy and i was yeah. like there has to be a gerund but that's the word right a version mm-hmm. of that like an ang version so that's mm-hmm. a buoy but i said buoy i love that you used <laughs> gerund you you you're you're educated here clearly no i'm not no triple letter scores <laughs> <laughs> i'm really not it's all lies i think that's that sums up how I'm feeling, but I'm feeling like optimistic about like moving forward in the year. Cause I think what you said is right. That January just like generally is like a weird time of like reflection, but like forced reflection, especially because for a lot of January our industry is kind of like shuttered for anyway, for holidays and stuff mm. in December, January. So I think just like actually taking that time to be reflective um, and allowing ourselves to kind of feel those things. And um also tolerating watching all the reels and highlight stuff, which is like, I love celebrating everyone, friends and not friends, but like people I don't know. No. But like, also like, can someone teach me how to do that? Because I don't know how reels work. I like, don't get it. <laughs> like, do you like put the photos and you save it and then you like redo it and then you do it. Like, I don't get it. Like, how you does it You have work? to do that, but it's gotten much easier. I'll show you. I'll show Dylan you. makes oh. reels as like a side it's hustle. It's a career. For... <laughs> Dylan, help me. <laughs> Talk. I'll give you a friends and family discount. But um, <laughs> you're like eight million dollars. <laughs> you're like eight thousand dollars per second of my time, mm-hmm. as it should be. Yes. Well, hey, we all are underpaid in our artist artists' way, as Julia Cameron once said. We really want to dive right into that, don't <laughs> we? Do <laughs> here we go. <laughs> 2022 was a big year for you. You had a lot mm-hmm. of things happen, and yes. you know. I mean, I had known who you were just from being industry adjacent for years, but Mm. I feel like, you know, your name was mentioned everywhere when you became the first Asian American Mm. Evan Hansen in the hashtag Dear Asian Hansen became its own little moment. Did did. you come up with that hashtag? I did. Well, actually, sorry, I did not. Uh, The person who came up with that was Adam, my partner. Literally, when I first found out about the international production um, in Toronto, I was like, you know, as we do when we like get a job or something that's exciting, you like post about it. You're like, oh my God, I can like say that I'm so thrilled to finally announce like, you know, that like whatever the template that everyone uses. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, I've, that was like really when hashtags were like, it's like if you don't do at least three hashtags per post, then like you're fucking it up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know, like what should I hashtag? And he was like, out of the blue, he was like, oh, like what about like Dear Asian Hanson? And I was like, that's amazing <laughs> and that's how it was born it was and it, and I took it all the way from Toronto to Broadway so were you full-time in Toronto no so I was I really got my sea legs in Toronto as the alternate for an incredible person his name is Robert not was he's still alive 
His name is Robert Marcus, and uh, he did Evan six times a week, and I did two shows. I did the the Wednesday Saturday matinees or the Saturday Sunday matinees. Okay, you were Julie Benko to his Leah Michelle. Uh, honestly, what a I, I'm meeting Julie. I think next week because I'm doing some reading with her, so that'll be fun. Uh, she's also a friend her. of the pod. I will say. So oh yeah, in a very okay, exclusive I'll... group. Thank you. I will now. I have something when I feel awkward to talk about. I got like, <laughs> you did this, <laughs> just like very like awkward. Like you did this too, and then like run away. <laughs> I I haven't seen the show, but I would I want to go see her do it so badly because um, I've only heard like incredible things about mm. her. And more, I mean, honestly, more importantly to me, because everyone's talented in the city. Like everyone is so incredibly talented, but everyone says that she's like the nicest person to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is like just a little bit of 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 my feelings about the industry, but like I think once you have been an alternate or something like that or understudy or been a standby, I think it like does something to your brain in a good way because everyone who's a standby or, or alternate, like they have horror stories. Like it's not always the most amazing experience. Like you have like, you know, the politics of everything and all that stuff. Um, but I think if you can continue to like do your job really well and let the work speak for itself and still be a good human in spite of some of those things that happen. That's just par for the course with those gigs. Like that takes a really certain kind of person. And she seems like a perfect epitome of like that kind of a human that like didn't, you know, at so many points down the road, she could have been like, I don't know. I don't know what she could have. I don't know what her contract looked like, but like, you yeah. know, she could have been like, she could have been like, this is, I don't feel good. And like, why am I not getting recognized? And like, I feel like I'm being used, whatever. But instead she was like, I love this piece. I've seen her talk about the piece before. And, and obviously it means a lot to her. And she was able to kind of have such a delicious, like cherry on top for her experience and to be recognized by the community. And I think that's such a, it's such a great example of how it can be wonderful. Totally. Beautifully said. Yeah that's really when nice you, when you were um, doing the alternate evan scenario out yeah. there in toronto um ms tatiana lofton got to see you do the show and she talked about Tati. you on this very podcast saying that you're just amazing she she, she like gave you her yeah your flowers her flowers your flowers wait i'm having a flashback now had i seen you in it i'm like asking you like you knew me a year ago she literally her like dose of drama was that she saw you, you. as evan yeah yeah Holy shit. Yes. I think she tagged uh, you or something. Yeah, no. Yes. So ta- yes, I literally this is what it was. I think you said someone else maybe have, have we had, had like give you give we had talked about my information or contact. Uh, but I think Tati was the one that connected us because Tati right. was wait, this is so funny because she's going to get so much trouble but it's so far away. She was wait, should I say this? You she might have to it. cut this. She said it. She said okay, it. Okay, she said it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She literally called out of a show that she was doing yeah. that was also touring in Toronto which we won't name the show. We just right. um and <laughs> And she then came and saw the show and we had been fast friends. We did this ridiculous, amazing workshop that like so many years prior and we had just become like, like, I don't know, like gal pals for life. Like I just am totally obsessed with her and think the world of her. Um, And she came and saw the show and she was like such an incredible friend in that moment for that. Um, and I remember she told me about this podcast that she talked about, <laughs> about about this and she was like, you have to do it. And I was like, okay. And we're here just like two years later, literally <laughs> years. Well, wait, that's so long ago. Oh my well, God. She did, a, she did this a year ago now. So only okay. a year from when she did it. So that's okay. okay. I'm not that in terrible. Shape. But it was probably two years from when you did Evan in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw Jervin Hansen, like probably like around Valentine's day last year and you were in it was jordan was still on the show but you were evan and i loved your hands when i first saw it sure. and then as time went on it was kind of like did people love the piece or did they love ben Platt's performance ben, yeah. and then time went on and we were like oh there's other like cool people playing the role but evan's kind of an asshole and then the internet yep. started to take over and then the movie came <laughs> out and people's opinions about the piece oh, really changed a lot and then then we were away for COVID, and then we came back from COVID, and you know all these different things were affecting how i felt about it and i think over time i was like well other people are telling me i shouldn't like jervin hansen anymore so i guess mm. i don't but i was like mm. i'm gonna go see jervin hansen like mm. full honesty so i go and see i took my friend whose name was also zach and i sobbed and you your performance out of this world. I was blown away. I have to tell you, the way you delivered so many of Evan's like dickier lines, mm. it he, 
it wasn't like he was saying them nastily you were saying them like this is this is coming out of my body right now like this is just what i'm saying i don't know your portrayal of the role was so honest your voice is beyond oh boy we we normally don't get all like masturbatory about like complimenting our guests like this so i feel kind of embarrassed saying it but seriously was blown away and i remember like i went to work the next day and i had another friend of mine who was going to see it and i was like i hope he's on again so you can see Mm. him because you slayed the house down boots and congrats on that amazing performance i was i was gagged thanks thank you i'm blushing i am so bad with compliments i usually hate them so i'm trying to thank You're you squirming very much. in That's your very, seat a little bit <laughs> i am squirming and like kind of sweaty um that I'm sweaty too is, for some reason well your heat it's, is it's, on it's the heater the hissing yeah. heater that's no longer hissing instead it sounds like kind of like actual birds it sounds like pretty yes. birds is that just mm-hmm. me no I you're here you hear it too. um well i guess i mentioned earlier though like how people's thoughts about Jervin Hansen changed through the years. Mm. And I'm wondering, when did you first get involved with it? What year was that? So I started um, 2019, top of 2019. 2019. Okay. And so before the movie, um, it was like the show had been on Broadway for a couple of years. It was still going really strong. Um, the The first national tour had just begun the year or uh, had begun like six months before they had just cast the London production like three months before so it was like really when like the show was like revving up um but you like summarize it incredibly well in terms <laughs> of like kind of what happened with like the general consensus of Dear Evan Hansen and kind of like the general sentiment towards the show I think you know for me I love the show I love doing the show and I love the show because I thought it was such a singular piece and that it was able to kind of kickstart those kind of conversations that I wasn't able to have with my family that now I do have but like and I know lots of people would have benefited from having with their parents about talking about their feelings and like what mental health even means um and I think for that reason it was it's such a gift to the canon of musical theater but I think as we I said before like like politics and all the stuff like the movie and like all the drama and like haters loving to hate especially on the internet like especially during the pandemic when nobody had anything better to do except for like find something that they didn't like and then just like beat it to death mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think it was it's a pretty prime example of Dear Evan Hansen like how that kind of was affected like full like weird like circle like spiral of that kind of like um the experience of that show but luckily for me like my experience with the show being a part of it the people I worked with doing it was like all very 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 overwhelmingly positive wasn't always wasn't always great but overwhelmingly and then being able to like actually step into the role for the top of the 2022 through mid-year like was like the like as I said about Julie like when she took over for that for the time like it was like the cherry and like the sprinkles and the nuts on top that like I know <laughs> nobody really gets and I'm like forever grateful to the producer and everything and it kind of made all the experiences I had before that that maybe were a little bit more rot like made it all that much more worth it because it kind of like just encapsulated the experience in such a beautiful way do you know what I mean like um it, I looked back at my time when it didn't feel as great and when emotionally I didn't feel as stable and I was like oh but I was working to this end like and I and and that helped me prepare that helped me like understand who I was in that building as Evan whatever like doing it so that when I took over it wasn't a piece of cake it was still doing that role six times a week is like the craziest shit in the world but like I at least felt like prepared and like physically and emotionally capable and and confident knowing that I could that I could take a stab at it not confident that I could do it well every single time but like that I was like okay I can do this I know I can do this and let the chips fall where they may totally and I mean it's no small feat that you were able to do that and get the opportunity to actually step into it full time I mean when does that yeah. happen never into the sun some might even say uh, but oh. yeah you know <laughs> but I just remember like you know all the 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 posts that you would reshare or the things people would would say the show has changed so many lives you know and that's undeniable it, it, even looking back on its you know legacy so to speak yeah. it's yeah i mean i'll never forget seeing it for the first time in the lump in my throat that started at waving through a window that stayed there until the end and oh my god you know i literally saw yeah i i saw the show with ben in it like in what was that in 2017 2018 whatever and i remember like being so blown away by the production, by him, the production, the music, the story, and walking away being like, 
wow, wouldn't that be so awesome? Like, that's so cool. You know, and that was before I like ever had an audition for the show or anything like that, or thought I could be even a part of it, like remotely. Wow. Oh my yeah. goodness. So when, when, where did they find you? Like, did you have to audition or were you, did your agent set you up? Or? Oh God, did I have to audition? Oh yeah. Who doesn't have to audition? <laughs> I, I, I wish I was Patty LaPone, didn't have to audition. No longer an equity member. Go off, bitch. Um, I absolutely had to audition. I actually, this is, this is, I feel comfortable sharing this. I feel this is, this is something that I feel comfortable sharing. I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but when I, when I, I definitely feel safe. I just want to know if I'm like going to get shot through the window or something. No, it'll be fine. There's like a sniper. You're like, meow. Stacey Mendich has her, has her, the red dot. Of oh, um, mommy. Um, <laughs> ew. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> when I, I love her so much and she's, she's the best. Um, when I first wanted to go in for the show so badly, right? I wanted to go in for the show like, it was first starting when I was in college. Like when I was finishing college, that's when they were doing that first initial search. I mean, Ben already like was obviously attached to it, but they were looking for like a couple other people, whatever, standbys, whatever. And it never really came to fruition to audition in a real way. And then I remember the first time that I that I really pushed for it, the team or I don't whatever like the first round of casting for that show was which like i should know at this point for after being in the family for so long but essentially was like great we think you'd be great for jared like we think you're a great jared like because i just had finished playing bach and they were like okay like sidekick sweet like goofy like it's perfect for this character and i remember being like you know what i feel like this is like the one show currently on broadway where i think that i can I would like to be seen for the lead. I would like to be seen for Evan. It's literally the character has to be under five, six, under five, seven. Like it's gotta be like, uh, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, it doesn't have to be like a classically like handsome, sexy male lead. Like give me that. I'm, you know, and I remember I had to rip my reps had at the time had to really like fight and push for that. And thank God that they essentially through that effort, like allowed me to come in and kind of like show my stuff because that's kind of what kickstarted. I definitely didn't get the first time or the second time that I went through auditions, but around the third time being in front of the team, they were like, okay, like we really would love for you to be a part of the family. Would you be interested in going to Toronto and, 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 and being our alternate there and like getting your sea legs. They'd had no promise for like transferring to Broadway, but they're like, we'd really love to kind of like see you in action and perform. And later came to essentially learn that for me, that was kind of like my not tryout, but it was like kind of like my like way to kind of see if I could do it. Cause it, honestly, I didn't even know if I could do it. And that's had you when, been like singing the songs in the shower all the time. And I was like, yeah. how does anyone sitting waving through a window? Like what the fuck? <laughs> and also this is the realty about that song. Apparently it was like a third higher in the original key. Oh, oh my god yeah there was no ending crazy like wow all that stuff it wasn't there but apparently it was like so much higher maybe not a third but like at least a step or two and i was like that's where are the testicles like are they gone like what's <laughs> happening like i don't i don't understand what that's about um but yeah so my audition process with that was definitely um I mean, I feel like everyone's audition process with every show is different, but um, it couldn't have been more different from my experience auditioning for Wicked. It was like, Dear Evan Hansen was like a very long, like really getting in the door and like feeling like I had to prove myself and prove it to myself as well that I could do it. And then ultimately like getting, having the stars align and like being very fortunate to join that company. But you were Bach first. Yes. Yes. Okay. And and when was, who was, who was your Alphaba? Who was your Glinda? And, and this was Broadway. <gasps> legends it was yeah so that show i mean i'm also like a like a wicked file wicked a file wicked file i made that up whatever sure i love um, i love it we're coining it okay good um i obviously obsessed with the show um and um when i first came to the city no this is before when i the very first show that i auditioned for it was like my junior year of college was allegiance because I, as a, I didn't get a BFA in Northwestern, I got a BA through that program in theater, but I, as like a young theater student was essentially told and felt like, oh, it's an Asian show. Like you're Asian, like this is perfect for you. And I went through these auditions and these callbacks and ultimately I didn't get a, I didn't get an offer, didn't end up getting that job. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, 
if I can't like book the Asian show that like all my professors and like not all of them, but like professors and like peers are saying like, this is your job. I was like, what the frick am I going to do when I move to the city? Regardless, I still was like, I want to give it a try. I know, right? But like how things have changed, kind of, we can get to that. But essentially, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm still going to go to the city and like try it out. And the person who was casting Allegiance also happened to be one of the casting directors of Wicked. And he was like, hey, like when you're in the city, like let me know. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have my equity card. And he was just like, let me know. Like, um, and I have a couple things in mind. I was like, okay, sure. Great. Yeah. E- emailed him. I was like, I'm here. Like, I'm poor, like, I don't, I'm ready to go. Like, I just graduated. Please help me. And essentially, he was like, great, like, come in. There's actually like a an open call for Wicked. Just like coming in and, and like show us like something, whatever. Went in, did the open call, didn't hear anything from it. What did you sing? I, <laughs> I sang To Excess by Kuman and Diamond because that was my showcase oh. audition song because mm-hmm. it was like goofy and silly. And like, I remember going very not well. Underrated musical theater writers. Yes, love them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I auditioned for that. And then like two or three months later, I um, got an audition for the national tour for Bach. And I was like, oh my God, absolutely. I would love to. This is incredible. Went in, had like a full long like session with Lisa, who's like the resident director. And I remember like, it was so early in the morning and I like did the session and I felt like I left it and I was like, oh, I don't think I did exactly well, whatever, whatever. Went home that day. Do you remember Callback Corner? Remember that thing? That thing that you did online where you could like look up who got callbacks? I remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there was this thing where you could like look up on a website and be like, did you get a callback for this? And I remember looking and people were like, wicked callbacks, like Bach, like the tour, like did anyone get any further? And someone posted like, yes, I have another audition tomorrow. And I didn't get that. And I remember like going to bed that night and like rocking myself to sleep. Like, oh, I'm never oh. Like, oh my God. And then a week later, like I was like fully over wicked. I was like, everything sucks. A week later, I was at my day job, which is like I was working as like a data analyst for a headhunting firm. Oh, wig. And I get a call in a little, in a little cubicle from my agent that's like, hey, so you got wicked and i was like what are you talking about and he was i was like but they like it looked like there were further auditions for whatever online for the tour and he's like yeah it's not the tour it's broadway and i was like i literally like blacked out and like screamed i like think i jumped out the like 34 window and i like lived to tell the tale (laughs) um because i was like levitating um but it was i'll never forget because then i continued with that day job for like about a month because it was before rehearsals were starting. Mm-hmm. And I remember I like watched the bootleg of Wicked like every single day and like tried to teach myself the choreo of like, you know, whatever was that? Oh, loathing. Like I tried yeah, to yeah, teach yeah. myself yeah. all the choreo and like shiz dance or whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was a very different, different experience. But finding that out was like, was crazy. Oh, that's so special. Who was, who was yeah. in the cast with you? Oh, so my Elphaba when I got there was Rachel Tucker, the Rachel Oh my Tucker. God, iconic. Um, yeah, I was there from 2016 through 2017. So I had a I had a couple ladies. I had Rachel, I had Jenny Denoya, I had Christine wow. Dwyer, I had Alyssa Fox, um, a lot of these like absolute queens. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so freaking incredible. Um, and then for Glinda's, I started with Carrie St. Louis, who I love, um, who's now in Titanic. Yes. Um, and uh Kara Lindsay um and i think that might have been it for the glindas yeah oh jenna claire mason was the standby before she like became the reigning queen on tour and then broadway and i got to work with her but (laughs) she was great oh my god so funny i saw it again and i was like girl Um, yeah she was so funny so funny and like had been a part like a a great example of i always feel like people shouldn't be in a contract for like longer than a year because I feel like it's hard to like keep fresh whatever but she was a perfect example of the opposite that like she had been a part of the Wicked family I think for like five or six years because she was standby on Broadway and then she was Glinda on tour and then she was Glinda on Broadway and like all the way through the pandemic you remember she like restarted that before Britney yeah over and but I just was like, wow, the work has just gotten like she was already incredible when I worked with her as a standby, but it's like so much more like detailed and like crisp and sharp and so clean and um yeah. Wow. So did you always love Wicked like growing up? I guess maybe this could be a moment where we ask about yeah. potentially we, we do like to go back in time a little. Yes. It could be the last year, it could be the 10, 15 years ago, but we wonder, 
you know, where it all started. We borrowed a term from Fun Home, the Ring of Keys moment, that moment of recognition when you realized you wanted to be involved in the arts. Do you feel like you had a moment or moments that got you into the biz? Yes. Okay. So I was not, I was a terrible theater kid. Like I really didn't, I think probably because I didn't think I could do theater at all. Like looking the way that I was and like being, Mm. I was like a chubby little like Asian tomato pumpkin. Like I was just like a little chubby, but I'll send you a photo. (laughs) No one believes it, but I will send it to you. Yes. I just looked like a little Asian pumpkin. Like I was just like so cute. My cheats, I looked like a Buddha, like truly. But my parents love to see the theater and they would take me like I grew up on the west coast I grew up in um the bay area and we would go to San Francisco and see the touring shows and one of the first the one of the first shows I think the first show that we saw was Fiddler on the Roof and you know I'm a good old Jew um and we we saw that and I the the rumor is or the tale goes that at the end of the show I like stood up screaming for more like they had like bowed like everyone was off the stage and I was just like like again like go um I like didn't understand because it was like my first theatrical experience that like once the curtain goes down like you can't like rewind and rewatch like you know Spongebob uh, again like it's like mm-hmm. you're done that's it um so I think in terms of like art like theater as a whole getting the theater bug at least at least as an observer that was probably that but for me like a performer it wasn't really until I did Les Mis my senior year of high school obviously I was Jean Valjean um and I was waiting for you to say it, and I knew you were gonna say that um so I just said it um and I thought you were gonna, okay I thought you were gonna take the joke a different way and you're gonna be like obviously I was soldier on the barricade number three yeah you know what I yeah, mean like I, I thought I you were gonna too, yeah. no okay you have to remember that I'm literally like this tall now which means that like I was like this tall I'm like you know like two feet tall like then I love a short king Valjean oh that, my that feels God. revolutionary definitely literally revolutionary um, Did but you have to lift up ex- Marius and drag him through the pipes still? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and my friend was playing Marius and he was like twice my size. It was a joke. I just dragged him. It was fine. Yeah. I literally was like, okay. Um, but yeah, so that experience really kind of like, I had liked doing theater before then. I did like nothing professional before, but like some like, you know, community stuff because my friends had done it. There was some, the theater department at my public school in the Bay Area was great. So I had like learned, you know, whatever that meant. But it wasn't until that experience where I like remember so vividly like singing, I don't know, like bring him home or something and being and doing it terribly. But then just like feeling in that moment, like, whoa, like I think like my like soul just like left my body. Like I was like, there's nothing like the feeling of performing for strangers, for loved ones, whatever, telling a story. And and I don't know, just like feeling that like communal collective, having that experience. I was like, there's nothing that will scratch that itch that's like this. And from there, I really like changed my trajectory. I was going to go, I applied to every single school as a biology major. Oh. And then literally Northwestern was the only school that was like, you can do theater as well. And so I double majored in bio and theater at Northwestern. And it was such a last minute shift, but that's kind of like how everything got started. And was there somebody in your corner that was telling you, yes, you can do this. You have that talent. You have this voice and this oh yeah, superhuman alien superstar quality that will let you go on. <sighs> um, yes, I was very fortunate. I had a lot of those. I had my acting teacher, Tim Taylor uh, in the Bay Area, who still is teaching there, is an incredible, incredible teacher. Um, she was really a big proponent. She actually, my senior year, when all the lame stuff was happening, was like, or maybe it was the end of junior year before that happened. She was like, you should go in and audition for um, ACT, which is American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. It's this like great big theater. They have a huge like youth theater program. And she was like, just go in. They might be looking for some new kids. Um, and I went in and ultimately like somehow walked in the only songs that I knew. They were like, what do you have in your book? And I like didn't have a book. And luckily they had like Giants in the Sky. And I was like, I know that song. Like I can do that. And that was it. I was wearing like basketball shorts and like sandals. Like I look crazy. Like just not one of them. <laughs> this was also the same year. Do you know Bobby Conti Thornton? Like yes, he's he, a he friend was, of the pod as well. Yes. So Bobby like did this program. There's like Carolyn Brandon who's another actress now who's incredible. And Daniel Bowen were also like all these really terrific performers. And I was just like, like, I had no idea what I was doing, but they took me on for my senior year. And I really kind of got a crash course in like working with young professionals. And I was like, okay, like, this is really cool. And I, I feel like maybe I don't fully belong here, but I like wanted 
not like wanted to belong, but I was like, this is something that I want to be a part of this community and a part of this. Mm. Aw. Now I have to ask, when did you meet your partner, Adam? Yeah. So Adam and I met at school at Northwestern. Oh my gosh. I know. he. So he is a music director, pianist, writer, composer, like one of those like really annoying people who like does everything really yeah. well. Like it's yeah. really kind of annoying. <laughs> um, and so he, we met at the very end of school and then we both moved to the city. He went to school um grad school at Juilliard he'll hate me for saying that um and I tried to be and I was a poor um artist um doing data (laughs) entry and analytics for literally the good memory um (laughs) but uh yeah so we've been together ever since and we moved into this apartment that I'm in I live in Astoria lived in this moved in this apartment um right before the pandemic thank god we did um and we got scout um she was, we call her like a third wave pandemic puppy because we like watched all the mistakes that everyone made the first second wave. <laughs> and then we were like, we're ready. And we still fucked her up so bad. You know what I mean? Like we still <laughs> fucked up, but like we tried and we we tried to learn um, uh, some things, but um, yeah. You're a happy little family. And in Astoria, now Adam has been with you through all of your, you know, professional credits post-college then. What's his fave yeah. that you've done? You know, I, this this man has is like the most supportive person in the world and like you know has done lord knows how many self-tapes with me over the pandemic like he deserves he deserves a tony for that you know what i mean like there should be like tony for best supporting partner in a non-working actor's life you know what i mean like that should be a whole category yeah and he would get that i like the way you think <laughs> but the funniest thing I think that I have to would have to ask him of like what the coolest thing that he or the best experience that he had. But something that I'm gonna drag him for is that for K-pop. So I, y'all, I'm not a dancer. I do not consider myself dancer first in any way. Like it's like dancer like all the way at the bottom below, like playing the xylophone. Like just don't. <laughs> not not my cup of tea and so when k-pop came my way i was like are you sure like i'm not quite sure but i really love the character is really similar to me and being that hapa experience of mixed race and like i was like i think that i could like take on this challenge i would love that and so adam like watched me all throughout the rehearsal process like dancing in our living room scout too would just like stare at me like what are you doing <laughs> and he told me like because he came to first um he came to dress the dress rehearsal yeah the dress rehearsal right before first preview which like you know is always a mess um and he he was like he texted me before the show and he's like break legs i was like yay and afterwards he was like he had this big like look of relief on his face and i was like oh my god like what happened like are you okay and he was like honestly i was so nervous that you were going to be so bad as a dancer that, like i didn't know what i was going to say like, cause oh. I don't like, I don't like compliments and things that I like worse are like fake or like, you know, like superficial, like great work. You're like, great job. Like if you're going to say uh-huh. something nice, then like say it with meaning or say it with feeling and, and, or don't say it at all. And did you have fun up there? Was, you look like you're having yeah, fun. You, those, co- you, those costumes, mm, <laughs> that lighting, that lighting hit you. And he was literally like looking up on his phone, like how to compliment someone who is not a good dancer, like in the show. And he was like, honestly, I was just so fucking grateful Aww. that you were like, you know, not you know, whatever. He was he was grateful that I didn't stand out in a bad way for dancing. But I, I thought that I like peed my pants laughing after that dress. <laughs> so I was like, it's so true. Like, what do you say? Exactly right. You're like, you were there. Mm-hmm. You really, you really <laughs> stood on that stage and you, you gave it the old college try. I- <laughs> We had fun. We had we fun. Had, oh my god, it was so cute. How about that one? That's my least favorite. So cute. The show people was don't so say that. cute. Yeah, that people do. Like so cute. I'm like, yeah, and you are not. Bye. Um, <laughs> now I no. did not have the privilege of seeing K-pop, which oh, Connor did see on a very important night. Is it a dance-heavy piece? So, so literally, it's like a beautiful combination of like k-pop meets musical theater so okay. yeah it like opens it was like an open concert arena like the whole stage like you yeah. walked in and you're like oh i'm gonna be at a concert so pretty much it was i would say i would say 75 percent dance sing and 25 percent book that's like okay. scene yeah. like that like some gets all the way through kind of each song okay. but like the biggest you know it's called k-pop like 
everything you know there were moments in the book that were really really beautiful and lovely but i think like the highlights of that where it all really came together was where like the book was say, serving the music and, and the lighting was serving the song and the song was serving you know the story and all this stuff and and when it hit that beautiful like balance it was like just spectacular and really kind of like unlike anything that anybody had seen at least for me um on on broadway especially Oh, totally. Oh my God. I loved it. I was there the night that you guys had just announced you were closing. I, I was oh. actually in the theater when I saw the social posts about it. Oh God. And I have to tell you, oh, I you saw me go through with it. all of you. Yeah. You saw, you saw me. Oh, you were there on Tuesday night. You saw me go through Tuesday. it. Yeah. I felt so sad for you guys. Like, I know. I was still enjoying the experience, but I could see, especially at the end, you know, there's that the, the amazing finale yeah. sequence yeah. took my breath away. But then w watching the audience clap when you all you're you all were introduced to like New York, I was like, yeah. God, this is hitting so different than I imagine it usually does. Yeah. And watching the tears. Oh, my God, I was I was not well. Ugh. I was not well. Uh, girl, me neither. No, it was. <laughs> but also what I'll say, like now being a month away from that is that I'm really glad <laughs> that we had the truth is that like the last two weeks of that show were like always every single night was like that like it, the two weeks that we were open it was like that from stop top to bottom like some of the previews that's what happens when we have like nine weeks of previews with the show like mm -hmm. but for those two weeks that we we had like officially opened after being open for like already 10 weeks with previews we were like spectacular and it was always like that that feeling but I'm so glad that we had that because it kind of like I don't know it did something where it like showed that like what we did was meaningful and like what we did actually mattered instead of feeling like oh we were told by like the industry at large that like it wasn't it, it wasn't the time or place for the show to be happening you know what i mean yeah so i'm glad that we had that with such diverse audiences to kind of like really take in that experience because i'm sure for you like you've never had that kind of experience of like witnessing that kind of like palpable emotions like both within the story but also like for what it represented as a whole and like especially getting that news like I know that those are kind of experiences where almost like not more or less meaning but like I had more feelings going through my body that day and that whole final week than I did at my closing of Dear Evan Hansen and that's saying a lot like the closing of Dear yeah. Evan Hansen I was crying from top to bottom as soon as I opened up the laptop but like experiencing it with my cast and the community like for those weeks was like really I mean it was exhausting but it was really really special I don't know what the, what the word is it's not really special because it wasn't always joyful it was really a lot of sadness but it was really sure. like it was extraordinary whatever that means like it was very very unique yeah wow how meaningful before we say goodbye, usually we do like to share our dose of drama. It's, you know, something that's been on our minds, in our hearts. It could be a rant, a rave, something you want to promote, share. And Zach, I know you have something you want to tell the drama listeners today. Yes. Okay. So we've been talking about K-pop and how it's, it, you know, there's a further life for it. And I'm, yeah. so it's my first time, we recorded an original Broadway cast album. It's my first time doing that. And it is officially coming out, I think, February 24th, which is like literally a month away. And I'm like peeing my pants, Amazing. but that is something that if yeah. you did get a chance to see the show, buy it. If you didn't get a chance or listen to it, do people buy things anymore? If you didn't get a chance to see it, definitely listen to it because it is such an, it's such an, I know that it's going to be such an exquisite cast album. It's being done by Harvey Mason Jr. who like does all of the like pop stars and K-pop stars in the, in, um, in the States um, at Sony. Like it's, it's going to be really, really spectacular. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. You know, the the way that it, it goes is if you don't have a cast album, it's very hard to to be remembered yeah. or, you know, it's it's the sad truth, you know? And so th that is incredible. And I love that genre of music so much. So Helen I, Park, yeah. I, 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 know, I know Helen Park is uh, a phenomenal uh, writer. You're going to gag. Her music for that movie, was it called? Yes. Or, I oh my it. god that was with Philippa Sue oh my god it was amazing and I can only imagine what it was like for the, her Broadway outing yeah. you know that was a history historical moment yeah the first Asian woman composer on Broadway yeah and and she really took it in stride and really kind of pumped out churned out and like created this like masterpiece of work that was like so much just fun to like perform every single night so I will be jamming out to that and crying um, and I hope everyone who listens to this podcast does the same thing. 
Oh yeah, we'll post about it. We'll share. Um, wait, Zach, I am like actually really sad this podcast is ending. I feel like it went by really quickly and I'm having so much fun with you. That was like really, really fast. It was fast. Um, (laughs) Dylan, wait, do you have a dose of drama? I do. I went and saw with my same-sex partner of seven years. So Zach, we have something Mm -hmm. in common. Did you say seven or eight? I said we're gonna celebrate eight like next month. Oh wait, we're seven next month. So just started just behind you guys. Work. We saw Megan yesterday. The new, it's campy, culty. Horror. I wouldn't call it, it kind of horror, kind of like, I didn't find it to be too scary. There were a few jump scare moments. Oh God. No one told me that it's also sort of a musical. And I know that that's like an insane <laughs> thing to say. Have you seen it, Zach? No. Megan sings. No one is talking about this at all. Multiple times. I'm I'd say three times. I'm Just dead. three sings. numbers. <laughs> and I want more. I know that Megan is going to be franchised. There needs to, it needs to have, what I'm getting is, I don't want to give anything away to anybody else. I, I just feel like we're going to see the return of Megan, maybe an advanced model, maybe a second Megan, something like that. And I need there to be even more vocals. I did hear, I think I read online that Allison Williams did all the, the vocals for Megan. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Nepo baby queen, Allison <sighs> Williams. Queen legend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's so fun. Well, Dylan, my dose of drama is I was spending my weekend with a different Megan. I finally a month later watched Harry and Megan on Netflix. <laughs> oh, good for <laughs> From one Megan to the other. Add an H. I was so swept up into it. I loved all I six episodes. It was really something. I believe every word they say. I do think the documentary was serious, was lacking a few things, um, some clarification that I really did want, but I think it did what needed to be done. And unfortunately, I think Prince Harry's book is now ruining some of this goodwill that they did on the show because he's acting kind of a fool in the book, at least in the clips I'm seeing online, but loved the show. Meghan Markle, she's an actress. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean she knows how to deliver a line. Like she's doing these confessionals on this show. I know. Oh, they're dramatic as hell. That might have been my issue with it though, Connor, is that I felt at times it was too perfectly packaged. She'd explain everything and it's like, oh, of course that makes sense. You're like delivering it so beautifully. She's just perfect. And I think that's why people are annoyed with her. It's like the Anne Hathaway syndrome. It's like they're perfect. Mm. And so people kind of get like a little wary of that. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Did you watch it, Zach? I didn't, but now I will. You should. Are you a, um, a royal family person? You know, I'm not. But <laughs> but but I will be now because I will yeah, take your daily not? dose of drama. Love it. Yes. Thank you. Oh my well, god. I feel like we could keep talking forever. Thank you so much for joining us for the pod, Zach. It really means a lot. Yay. Thank you for having me. This was literally like the most cash chill. Oh, Scott's making an appearance. Um she's, ready to go. Uh, she's like, it's time to go. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, and you guys are the best. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Everyone should, of course, follow you. You're on Twitter and Instagram at Zach underscore Pizer. Yes, you are. And I would not have been able to say that because I'm so bad at social media, but that is okay. correct. And we'll talk <laughs> about how to make reels and we'll get all into that. Yes, please. <laughs> and of course, people should be following us if they're not already. We're at The Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I am at Dylan McDowell. The K-pop album is going to be available at the end of the month. And we're all going to be streaming and let K-pop live on. And Connor. Yes. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.